11 of Pastoring in a Pandemic. I'm your host, Nathan Longfield. Today is Thursday, May 7th, and we'll hear from Jay Keel, Children, Youth, and Family Minister at St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Middleton, Wisconsin, to discuss what he has been doing to pastor during COVID. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pastor and Pandemic. That's Pastor, the letter N, Pandemic. You can follow me at Nathan Longfield. You can now get the podcast on our website, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and other platforms. Please remember to download, rate, and review the podcast. We'll be back after a quick break to hear from Jay about how he is pastoring in a pandemic. Children, Youth, and Family Minister at St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Middleton, Wisconsin. So, Jay, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so, to start, can you just tell us a little bit about St. Luke's, your position there, what the staff looks like, size of the church, um, and what COVID and the restrictions have been in Wisconsin? Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, I'm Children's Youth and Family Minister at St. Luke's, a full-time position. Um, actually, I'll reference it in a little bit too, but in the middle of COVID, I actually went into this position. And so that's been an interesting side of things, uh, learning a new position um, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but our congregation is in the middle of a transition right now. So we have, uh, traditionally we have a senior and an associate pastor and we are in the search process, uh, call process for both positions right now. Uh, but we have two interims that are helping us walk through that and leading us in that. And then we also have a full-time worship director and uh, senior and outreach ministry director as well. Uh, and then we have uh, about six support staff uh, for, for building and financials and, and things along those lines. Um, our congregation is a is about 2,500 members in Madison area. We're in Middleton, Wisconsin, which is just outside of Madison. And our average worship is about 700 to 800 on a weekend um, as well. So that's, uh, our community is mostly uh, professional university style community. Um, we are, in the middle of uh, the world of Epic, which is a uh, healthcare technology system. And their headquarters are just outside of Middleton. So uh, our whole community uh, feels the effects of Epic. And I don't mean that in necessarily a negative way. It's just, it, it has become um, a huge growth spurt. Mm. There's going up in like every surrounding town just to handle on the amount of staff that, that come in for, for this booming business. Um, so our church is a part of that in the sense of um, how how we reach out to people and, and who is who is part of our congregation um, has been changing over the past few years for that too. Mm-hmm. So that's an overview at least. Yeah, and, and I guess as a point of clarification, you've been there for three years now in a doing youth ministry and your position just changed during COVID. You weren't hired during COVID. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, for yeah. 
Correct. I was not hired during the COVID thing. Um, my position changed. I was uh, a youth director for just under three years now, and um, we're trying to do a more cohesive uh, outlook on ministry for uh, children, family, and youth. And so um, they've asked me to lead that charge. Um, so I'll still continue to be in the youth ministry world there, but um, helping helping lead some more cohesive ministry there yeah Uh, so i'm curious with the interim leadership and the other leadership at the church what does worship look like um how have you decided to handle sundays um, during this time i know that's not your primary realm but as part of that what does that look like yes so as you said it's not necessarily primary but something that has happened through this I will stay with support of the church. Um, it was not forced on me, but um, between the worship director and I, we've basically become the church's tech team um, throughout this. And so we do uh, Sunday services. It's one service that's pre-recorded, usually in different ways throughout the week. And our worship director does the video editing for our Sunday service. And um, we work together in getting all the elements uh, ready for that. Um, so it looks like traditionally about a 30-minute service. That's a YouTube video that we uh, use on our website. We have a church app that we put it on and, and things along those lines as well. Um, and that's we release it at 8 a.m. to kind of create a service time. But it's uh, it's for the whole week. I mean, it, once the video is live, it's live. Mm-hmm. And we uh, people watch it at any point in time. Um, So more in the youth ministry realm, I'm curious, what does it look like um, connecting with the congregation and the youth uh, during this? How do you do care well when there's not physical touch points, when there's not, you know, going to grab coffee sorts of things? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I think one of my ideas or theories on youth ministry in general pre-pandemic is that it's consistently evolving anyways. Um, So when you add uh, something with so much questions and change, I think the evolving rate uh, grows (laughs) exponentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's been, for me, it's been being willing to adjust on the go. Uh, I had a a pastor that I worked with for a while that said um, sometimes ministry feels like changing a tire at 60 miles an hour. And um, he was someone who actually said, and we should be able to do that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, Oh, I'm changing a tire at 60 miles an hour. And so one of the things with that is the first week it was like, here's all these big things that I'm going to push. Like here's this zoom call that we should all be on. Here's this, huge email that I'm going to put way too much information in. Um, Here's all these things. And then realizing that the school, like every business that you purchased something from in the past seven years, um, all of that is sending you that same thing of like, Mm -hmm. here's doing and here's how you should respond. And so throughout the weeks um, that have have continued with this, um, it's been a lot more intentional about here's what's offered. Um, come to what works best for you and just know that I'm always here. Um, so we've had this shift where we had a lot of um, like intentional meetings that were all a large group and 
you know, put together uh, you know, games, activities, devotions, faith conversations, connection points, things like that. And they're really good. But those numbers have actually, in those big groups, have started to go down. But in the past two, two and a half weeks, my um, phone calls, a church does allow me, as long as I save them, have texts, conversation with youth. Um, and so those things and Zoom calls with two or three other youth versus the large groups have grown um, heavily throughout this time. Um, so it's basically been like having coffee with somebody um, that in the youth ministry world is kind of like our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's basically doing that, getting back to the basics, if you will. Um, it's just through a screen or um, through a phone call or FaceTime or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually in the past few weeks, like I said, gone way up um, as well. And so is the need uh, for it as as well. Um, I don't know how much we want to get into this today, but um, our youth, what I'm learning in this experience is that um, on top of already developing and understanding themselves and their emotions and anxieties and worries and depression or whatever you want to name, mm-hmm. um, that is that is only grown um, for most for most of our youth um, throughout this time, and so the need for that intentional conversation has grown as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just we just find new and unique ways to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I'm curious, what has this impacted, sort of in not just in youth ministry, but in the church as a whole, in mission and work of the church? Um, things that just can't happen anymore, things that you've been able to kind of creatively modify, um, or maybe things that have been added to address needs during this time. Yeah. So for our church, that's a pretty extensive question just because the little history is our, our church in the past few years, although we've been in pastoral transition for two of them, um, it's actually added like 20 different forms of doing ministry. Um, and we have really taken on the idea as a church that, um, that our faith is something that's active. Um, in, our, in our context of the ELCA, there's this uh, tagline that's used a lot in the ELCA, God's work, our hands. And so uh, the idea is that our our worship, our time together, our learning, our growing in our relationship with Christ leads us to an action to and for and with our neighbor. And so uh, our church has actually taken on the tagline of the good neighbor church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've, in the past few years, the congregation as a whole has really lived into that. So this, when this first started, it was, it was all of the question marks. Um, and and it, I think every church has them. Whereas, like literally all of them was like, we just got excited about this ministry because we get to serve so-and-so or this community. Uh, what, is, what are we going to do about that now? Um, so a few things that we've done is we have a program called uh, Feed My Lambs. It's a ministry, not just a program. Uh, it's called Feed My Lambs, and it's a weekend backpack food program for youth in our community. So as I mentioned, we're, our community as a whole is quite professional, and what happens with that is that we assume everybody's professional and people that are not able to keep up with the 
growing, um, basically booming economy in a really weird way in this area, what's happening. Um, cost of living is going up um, in a way that a lot of people can't keep up with, unfortunately. And so um, this is a population of our community that very unfortunately is forgotten a lot of times. And so uh, we had the opportunity to work with our local school districts to help provide backpacks to get kids food for the weekend. So um, when they're not able to have it through school, they, they have something. And uh, one of the ways we adjusted is the school actually asked us to take a huge leap of faith. While we were unsure of what was gonna happen with money and giving and all that, they asked us, um, can we supply enough food to get them through a week? Mm. And the numbers of kids might be doubling. And we're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll ask. And the congregation and leadership and team for Feed My Lambs was like, yep. But it was just, it wasn't even a question. Mm. Uh, questions came down to how do we do this safely? So one thing of loving our neighbor is feeding somebody. But another thing is let's not infect them with COVID while we feed them. And so um, a lot of, a lot of things have taken place. A lot of our building manager has a extensive cleaning model that, that he uses daily to keep the, keep the space clean to, to make sure that um, kids are, are fed in a safe way and these meals are packed well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, every Friday, uh, a big grocery bag with, it's, it's supplements with what the school has. So with what the school gives them, it, it gets them through a week of food now um, per per student. Mm. Uh, and the, the school and the church and partner churches have been committed to not having strings attached to that um, and just uh, allowing people to to be fed in this time. Yeah. Um, that, that's probably one of the biggest examples. Um, we've done that in many ways with a lot of different ministries. Um, but that that's the biggest one right now. And um, that's kind of the way the church as a whole, um, I'm happy to be a part of that leadership, but really it's, it's been the way the church has jumped on and said, uh, yes, you know, we, our faith is active and caring for our neighbors. So we're going to find ways to do that um, in the middle of this and honor our neighbor and, and to make sure we're safe. Mm-hmm. As, um, one thing with your, like kind of how Wisconsin is where we're at with guidelines and things, um, we are in a, a safer at home guideline right now. Um, they have, so we are University of Wisconsin area. So we call it the Badger Bounce Back Plan. And um, it's got three phrase, phases in it. Uh, we are in phase one. Um, the phases are pretty well laid out in what they do um, with the idea that no one knows the timing of what those phases when they will happen and how they will necessarily happen. Um, we just know like what they are. And so as a church, um, especially a church that worships the larger number, and I don't say that in a conceited way, it's just our services have a larger number that we will be one of the later ones that would be considered safe in this bounce back plan. Um, so for us, we, we are taking the route of, Again, if we're going to love our neighbors and take Jesus seriously in that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do what we can safely. If there's things we can do that allow us to be together in certain ways, we'll look into that. But as far as that big worship moment we all want, that might have to be online right now mm-hmm. and continue to be virtual um, mm-hmm. and honest with ourselves and with others about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's actually calmed some of those fears of like, how are we going to do it? And you're like, well, 
we're not right now and and that's okay but we still are connecting in these ways we're still serving in these ways yeah yeah that's great um uh, you mentioned sort of the larger group zoom for the youth are those sort of in place of the weekly gatherings that generally happen um whenever they are is that sort of the idea there are those in addition to another thing or yeah so the traditionally so in our lutheran context we have confirmation class uh those are wednesday nights and then we have a youth group afterwards for our middle school students is wednesday night youth group and so um we have the large group offering each wednesday night and then i do a specific middle school and high school every other sunday evening they um trade spots for a larger zoom check-in and then some of our specific groupings and ministries uh, for youth uh, meet in different ways still um, so one of them is every tuesday morning we used to meet at a local uh, restaurant for breakfast every tuesday morning and i would call it tuesday breakfast club um, and that that continues on zoom now on tuesday mornings um, so we Whoever wants to show up, we literally all make breakfast at our own house and then sit sit on Zoom together and uh, have breakfast and just chat and check in and um, things like that. So it just depends. Um, I would say we have we have kind of taken what we've done in person and moved it virtual to an extent, with the exception that if it's not moving to virtual well, it's not a failure to let it go right now. Yeah. Um, new ways to connect and i think the past three 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 and a half weeks have been really fruitful in in allowing that process to happen mm-hmm. yeah the first while it was just like well this is what we know so we're just going to move virtual and, and try it yeah um, but yeah yeah so i think everything ministry and otherwise within COVID is sort of an experiment right now um but are there any things that you've experimented with that you've seen work well, seen fail, experiments you have ideas about doing, depending on how long this continues to change life for us? Yeah. Um, one of the things that um, has worked really well for us is we have uh, done a like daily devotionals, uh, daily inspiration is what we call them. And we have uh, done more like email and, and just, we've done a few more emails, but really we've just really put time and energy into, we have a church app and a website and we've put time and energy into um, making sure resources are, are a little more obvious and available um, on, on both of those platforms. Mm-hmm. And, that has been really fruitful. Um, we just did a survey to the congregation saying like, how, what are you, like, how do you interact with the congregation? And um, in what ways do you prefer to be contacted? Do you read daily inspiration? Do you check in on these services? Um, are they worshipful for you? Like asking those types of questions. Mm-hmm. Interesting um, that people are still, still connecting in that way and giving them a chance to, uh, make comments and, and share how they feel. Um, and, and one of the things was, I noticed this thing was called the daily inspiration. And on April 21st, there wasn't one. Um, and like acknowledging like that's a day and it wasn't there. Um, and so 
one of the things that we've learned is like people having a way to, even if it's not a person right now, having a way to feel like they're connecting with one another, that they have that common experience and get opportunities, mm-hmm. not necessarily forcing it. I think, uh, Nathan, I know you and I know each other, so you know this is something that's a big thing for me. But when it's based in grace and it's based in this idea of opportunity that we're invited, mm-hmm. we don't do this be- in order to be involved in the church. We don't do this in order for God to love us more. It's because God loves us so much. We have the opportunity to learn mm-hmm. in this, that and in this community. Um, I think we still have the opportunity to, to do that virtually. It just might look like words on a page right now Mm -hmm. or um, learning how to do this thing called zoom that you didn't know existed uh, a month ago, like that type of thing. Um, One of the things I would say has been the most exciting and it has also come with failure, which which makes it really exciting (laughs) that, you know, is that um, we took the risk, if you will, of asking congregation members to record themselves doing the, lesson readings, gospel readings, welcome, things like that, and uh, send them in through our website, and we edit those into our videos. And it's been really cool to see people um, first just be excited to see somebody that they know or don't know and realize that we're all part of the same church. We're a church that has four services on a Sunday morning, so sometimes you might go to church with somebody that you don't actually know you go to church with, which has been part of the failure. And I say failure a little loosely, um, but one thing is we just took four services that are all different in their own way and made it one. Mm-hmm. And um, you start risking people not feeling seen or heard yeah. uh, involved congregation members. But the flip side of that is some people who have been scared to more than get past the second to last row in church to sit down have now said, well, you know, in my own home, I can record myself reading a Bible passage mm. and, and getting involved in church in that way and, and um, showing, showing different leadership skills in those relatively simple ways, but taking big steps um, has been something that I hope we bring into the future with someone just getting that confidence that they, uh, they are a leader. They just didn't know it yet um, in yeah. those things. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the things we're doing, although we're doing it for pandemic and we're learning on the go through that, I think we, um, I think the failure would come in if we don't continue, even when life gets back to whatever normal becomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I'm curious within all of that, you kind of, you, you spoke a little bit there about, you know, sort of seeing different, um, entrance or involvement from people who maybe wouldn't be, but I'm curious if there are other things you've learned about your congregation as a whole or the students you work with. A lot of these you have relationships with that have been developed over a number of years, but is there something you've been reminded of, something you've learned uh, about them in this bizarre reality? Yeah. Um, It's something that I was reminded of. Um, So that. I say this not to give credibility or anything like that, but just an example um, for why I say this is I've been in youth ministry for um, 10 years now. And so I've, I've experienced different forms of 
interacting with with youth and um, connecting in, in in different ways of doing ministry with with youth and with congregations as a whole um, through that experience. And uh, one of the things that I should know and probably lead with on a daily basis um, was something that this pandemic reminded me of. And in the youth ministry world, I think we we try to make everything really big and really cool. And like, we feel like we're always fighting with sports and school and all of this. So we have to somehow be better and cooler mm -hmm. and than those things. And what I really was reminded of is that none of that actually matters. It might be in some ways the front door. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's truly that most of the times. Um, what it comes down to is that relationships matter. Um, real authentic connection with somebody else matters. Mm -hmm. And also being willing to know that that real authentic connection might not always be me. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. I, I hope it's not always me. Yeah. I watched one of our, one of our high school mission trip leaders uh, just graduated college virtually this weekend to become a nurse. And she's been on two mission trips as an adult leader now. And she's got a group of girls that they used to have lunch together but when, when we can meet in person uh, every week. Mm -hmm. And they're coming to me once and saying, like, I'm sorry, I hope this is okay. And I was like, no, this is, like, exactly what we should be doing. Finding out that she um, is still continuously in a, a group a group chat with them and phone calls. Mm -hmm. And they tend to lead to go to her first. And then if she's like, I'm not sure, let's, let's talk to Jay. Um, and I, I think that's awesome. And like, and like I said, um, I mentioned the 10 year thing to say, it's almost embarrassing that I had to relearn that and be reminded of that. But I think that's been really helpful. Mm -hmm. An example of that is uh, in the youth ministry world, and I'm sure this is true with all ministry, but in the youth ministry world, um, we are always trying to see what other people are doing because like one of our biggest tricks is to just steal it from somebody else that has come up with it. And <laughs> So it's true. It's what we do. Um, and we all know it. So we just can think to each other now. Um, so Facebook has allowed us to do that globally. Mm. Uh, we there's a huge Facebook group that a lot of youth directors across all denominations are part of. And for the first few weeks, everybody was like, look at how great this graphic is. And this is what's going to get people to go on Zoom because like it's got cool colors and, you know, that type of thing. And then now people are saying, well, actually, one of the best conversations was that I admitted I'm tired and over Zoom, too. Mm -hmm. And then on Zoom, talking about how we were tired of it and had one of the best conversations I've had with this particular group of youth. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been really cool to, I think, all of us and jointly in the church to be reminded that it still comes down to a, to a connection and learning that we can have that in these times even. Yeah. Different, and it can be frustrating at times, um, but, but it, it's... It's been a good reminder, actually. Yeah, that was great. So I'm curious, within all of that, what does it look like for you to take care of yourself um, when you're pastoring all of these people and trying to take care of all these people? In normal ministry, it's easy to not take care of yourself. Um, I think in this time when the office is the same office as the house, when there isn't that visual divide, when there's not sort of, well, I'm at home, I'm at work, or my family's not around. Oh, my family's always around. 
like what what does it look like for you to be healthy to take care of yourself within this yeah so that's a big question (laughs) (laughs) i i think it's honestly i'm gonna go on limb and say i actually think it's probably one of the most important questions of the pandemic in ministry Mm -hmm. because you mentioned it as a whole do big w we people in ministry on a normal level aren't good at this yeah and so when you add a global pandemic with all of its own question marks and anxieties and interesting conversations um it, i think it capitalizes on that point and so uh, for me along with everything else it's been it's been a journey and a process mm-hmm. in my person personally in my personality i am kind of an all-in uh passion first uh lead from the heart 99.5 percent of the time type of human and so as you know (laughs) is that um that in in and of itself um there's days where i'm like well i'm feeling that big Um, before all this and then that's typically where I'll call so-and-so and and we'll book two hours and go have lunch and um, you know for me like that's a really actually emotionally and spiritually a really important thing for me like to share for others it's not but for me like to share like a really high quality handmade meal from Mm -hmm. somebody with somebody else and just sit in that moment for an undisclosed amount of time and just chat and be real um, that's super important. So when it comes to virtual, where all of a sudden that doesn't exist right now and, um, going to the office to get away. And I say that in a very loving way. Um, it, there's nothing I'm running from, but I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband. I'm a better member of the community when I, um, change my spaces sometimes. And so, all of that is real. And an example of that is actually funny enough was yesterday. Um, I literally woke up in the morning and um, I physically felt the weight of mm-hmm. some of the conversations I'm in the middle of with our youth. They're just going through big things. And it, I am so honored that I'm able to be in that conversation with them. But it was just a day where it was rainy, gray outside and I had three meetings planned for other things and it, I just felt the weight of all of it. Um, and so for me, and I'll admit that this is hard for me, but for me, it was um, knowing that I can't have a typical thing that works. So it was, um, it was calling that, it was calling a coworker and saying like, Hey, um, this is actually how I feel today, mm-hmm. by the way. And then that person, um, particular person, said to me, well, what are you doing? What are you doing for yourself in that? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go out and walk today. And he was like, it's raining. No, you're not. (laughs) And so for me, I think it's just like being very intentional about putting those honest people in your life, Mm -hmm. whoever it is. Um, Although I just mentioned like there's times where we switch spaces to be a better husband. My wife is one of those honest people for me. Like she has no issue (laughs) being able to look at me in the face and being like, yeah, you, you got to stop. Like you need to just shut down for a second. Mm. And, uh, 
she also has no issue saying like, yeah, you know why this is affecting you in the sense that you're kind of cranky right now. Like, let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I'm being around the bush because I'm not sure exactly what I do. I think it's just a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a process of acknowledging that it's going to be different for literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me personally, it looks like it looks like bike rides and runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll admit it's a privilege. I live right by a national scenic trail that I can go on and instantly get out of a neighborhood and be in the woods within within a, a less than a half mile walk from my house. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just engulfing myself in the beauty of spring and watching trees literally grow in front of me mm-hmm. every time I walk. It, yeah. it looks different right now. Um, and so just like taking in that, that beauty and peace that God still offers, um, is a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, but I think it just comes down to admitting it. I mean, one of the things to talk about with our youth all the time is, um, you know, this is awesome that we're talking and I want that to continue, but like, if we really want to work on things, we got to be authentic and we got to be transparent in that. Um, and so I, I think you got to lead in that if you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess out of that, um, what advice would you offer for other pastors, youth pastors, for your youth um, in this time to try to also live into health? Yeah. So for for pastors, youth pastors, youth directors, different isn't less. I don't think I can say that more. Mm-hmm. Different isn't less. Um, I have had the question asked of me, well-meaning. I want to be clear. These, these are not bad people asking me these questions. These are actually very good people asking me these questions. But they will ask, so what are you doing with all of your extra time? And to be honest, I, I want to like kind of go at them, but I know, I know it's just a sense of understanding things differently. Mm-hmm. And to not hear that as a failure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wish that everybody don't hear that as a failure, hear that as a misunderstanding, because that's what it is. Um, in my experience, pandemic means more. Mm-hmm. Um, for others, um, as I mentioned, the Facebook group, um, there's people that are sitting, at, sitting on an extra 15 hours a week that they're asking for advice of how to spend it right now. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just depends. Um, that's not the majority in my experience, but so that's my biggest advice. Uh, leaders to youth, um, actually in many ways, <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. Um, it isn't less. Your different connections with people aren't less. What you give to others right now is not less. Mm-hmm. You are just as loved, worthy enough in the eyes of God who made you, who loves you and calls you God's own. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a message that I'm pretty unashamed to say like every time I'm with the youth. Yeah. Because I think in, in this time, we all have our own anxieties about the question marks and about the fighting and about the divide and all of that, right? And then we have, we have our youth that are taking all that in and trying to understand it. And I think for most of our youth, trying to be responsible with that and learn as they're becoming young adults, right? But they're also seeing the fact that their nine hours plus a day of 
interacting and being around other people and their friends and on their sports teams is gone. Mm -hmm. So you, what you're tying your worth to, whether you mean to or not, just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And I think a big reminder, different isn't less. And what you're able to offer and receive right now is what you're able to offer and receive mm-hmm. and connect with others. Mm-hmm. And that that's okay. And, and, and God loves you in that, with that, and mm-hmm. is right yeah. um, with you in the middle of that, um, I think is, yeah, that's probably my biggest thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. Um, so yeah, finally, where can people go to learn more about you, uh, contact you, learn about the church? All that, yeah. Yeah, so our website, um, we're stlukes-elca.org, and that's probably the best place to learn more about us. Um, I have my email and phone number on our website in like six different places, (laughs) I think, at this point. (laughs) Um, But I will say that email text, phone calls, I am always open to them. As I uh, tell uh, our youth and congregation members, um, if I can't answer right away, I won't. I'm, um, if I'm in a situation where I can't, then I, I won't. But when I can, then then I want to. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, um, so that that's offered to anybody yeah. um, as well. And uh, what was the other question? Learning about the church? Yeah. Yeah. You gave the website. Yeah. The, so. The, the website and our we do have an app um, that that we offer as well that you can download on, on the various app stores as uh, to learn more um, but yeah that's uh, the biggest way and I'm a big email or texting person uh, you know um, in that way I'm stereotypical millennial with leading with telling people to text me or email me <laughs> yeah okay great thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That will do it for today. Thanks for listening. Jay provided some places to learn more about the churches and to contact him. To keep up with everything on pastoring in a pandemic, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Nathan Longfield. Please follow, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen on our website and a number of other platforms. Please join us again next time as we talk to Father Nick, chaplain of the St. Benedict Institute working with Hope College, to see how he is pastoring in a pandemic. Grace and peace.